I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. Oh, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member of MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined. By my co-host, writer of maps.com. Who could cross over Kevin Durant? What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, I don't know if I could do that. But um man, what a fun game. I mean it what was. a what a um it was super fun. Some people were uh, tweeting at me saying, I need fire your as fiery Isaac and um, I went to the game tonight uh, with my dad. My dad's in visiting from Kentucky. So I took him to uh, the Warriors game, and uh, shout out to Isaac's dad. If you're listening right now, watching Roman, say hi to him for me. (laughs) Uh, Listeners might get to hear from him over the next day or so, and get his takes on the Mavericks and visiting. He gets he catches a couple Mavericks games a year, and um, his opinion on Dwight Powell has shifted since the last time he saw Dwight play. (laughs) Dwight. play like a couple years ago this is gonna be like bill simmons and bill simmons dad i'm yes i'm very here for it very excited for it Uh, so uh anyway i uh yeah he's looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it so that might be in (laughs) the next couple days but uh he did ask me he did say he's like dwight powell's shot like looks really good (laughs) he's like the form and everything he's i just why doesn't it go in (laughs) I'm like, excited well, to hear his Dwight Powell takes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I got him kind of. Uh, I got him on the front row before the game, and uh, during like um, players warming up, not the layup line, but uh, he got to like see the players up close, and it's really cool because uh, that's who made me love the NBA at such a young age. And he grew up with ABA and all this stuff. So anyway, but it was such a fun game. <laughs> it sucked that they lost, but uh, what an incredible game and. I'm upset, but I'm not like pissed off upset. And that's disappointing for everyone involved right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we're all disappointed now, myself included, <coughs> that you are not fiery after a loss like this. There was there wasn't a lot of like Carlisle stuff that I, uh, that I like really. There's a couple of question marks we'll talk about later on. But. Definitely, definitely. So we're gonna talk about that game. Uh, also on Friday, I've decided this. Didn't even tell Isaac about it. I've decided this. We're gonna do. Let's do an iTunes question review show. We haven't done one of these in a while. We got a ton of new listeners, a ton of new people subscribed to the podcast, and thank you to all of you. We really appreciate you. Last week, last week, Isaac, we did it. We did it. We broke the top five, the glass ceiling. We broke it, and we slipped into the top five of the locked on podcast network the all the nba shows they always do this list of okay who are the the top shows of the week and we have never cracked the top five we're always top six we're always number six we're always number six and we yes. finally beat the celtics and i'm very excited about it and you, you know, guys you know, did a, that a tidbit to that is a lot of these teams have their host are like verified on on twitter and verified like writers reporters radio yeah, station hosts all the all the stuff. all the ones that are above us are all verified like they're, they're all yeah, like so all nick and i are, nick and i are obviously not verified on twitter and uh you guys have uh, made this podcast a top five podcast in the network and in a market and for a team that's not a title contending team and uh well, how yeah. dare you <laughs> not right now it could be they almost beat the warriors and they've played them close every single i don't i don't know 
So, but yes, yeah, so we we broke the top five. We're very excited about it. We were last week. We were a top three and NBA team show on the network, and that is very excited. The only two teams that are were ahead of us were the Lakers and the Jazz, which the Jazz is by David Locke and. If you didn't put two and two together, lock locked on. He literally started yes. the whole thing with locked on jazz. So uh, yes. they have a big head start against us. But so thank you guys for that. Uh, but we want to do a mailbag with all of the iTunes reviews. So send in if you ha- if you can go to iTunes, go to the store. You can just go to the the uh, our podcast page. Send a review, a five star review with a question. We will answer it on the show on Friday. So get those in. Uh, we'll answer every single one of them. Every single one that comes in. This is the only way. This is literally the only way that we will answer every single question. We don't do every voicemail. We don't do every tweet when we do mailbags. This is the only way you will get your question absolutely answered, no matter how ridiculous it is. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then we will, uh, yeah, we'll discuss some some news and notes. So let's get into that right now, Isaac. So the Mavericks lose 114 to 119. Uh, Steph Curry at 48 points, six boards, five assists, and two blocks, hilariously, which is kind of funny. Zero turnovers, which Steph usually coughs one up, you know, every once. Usually, he had this thing a couple years ago, I remember, where he owed his sister or owed somebody in his family 100 bucks every time he had more than three turnovers. <laughs> he was averaging like three and a half that year. I think it was three years ago. I remember that story talked about in the finals. He also hit 11 threes, which is the most threes any single player has hit against the Mavericks ever, which is pretty wild. And he only took 19 of them. Only, I guess, is a subjective relative term. Luke at 26.6 boards, five assists, five turnovers for him. He was five of 10 from three. Uh, Harrison Mars also had 22 points, four boards. He had a decent game until the very end. We'll talk about that. J.J. Barea is set to have surgery on Monday, which is today if you're listening to this on Monday. If you're not, then it's a, then it is on Monday. Uh, this is usually a 9- to 10-month injury for guys. Uh, Wes Matthews' timetable was a little bit shortened. We've talked about that before on the podcast, but he was injured March 3rd, and he ended up playing on uh, October 28th, the first day of the season, so he made it. Uh, that's if you're, if you're keeping track at home, that's like seven months, which is kind of wild uh, for him to come back in that timetable. I think... DeMarcus Cousins is going to take a little longer than that, like 10, 11 months, something like that. Um, so JJ- Watch, uh, watch uh, Boogie um, make a uh, – or do his pregame routine tonight uh, up close. Oh, yeah. He looks close, Ben. <laughs> and it's going to be scary. <laughs> when uh, I don't know exactly everything he'll look like, but he, he looks like he's in, in great shape and he was raining threes. And, uh, man, they're going to be scary. <laughs> Dang. I'm not looking forward to that. Actually, I am. I'm very excited to see their first game with him. Oh, I am too. Um, so this is uh, so we talked about Wes Matthews. He's he's gone through this injury before. JJ Barea, obviously, huge part of the team. But uh, let's hear from Wes Matthews after the game against the Warriors, talking about JJ Barea and what he actually means to this team. What kind of a impact, aside from what he does on the floor, did it have to you guys over the weekend? Once you kind of got the prognosis and knew what he was dealing with. I mean, it sucked. Um... You know he's he's one of the one of those, those key guys you know on, on every team that is a focal point in the locker room, focal point in the community. You know he's just he's just a great guy. Um, and uh, you know oddly enough, when we both signed or he resigned and I signed here, I didn't like him. <laughs> I didn't like him uh, being a, an opponent of his. And you know he came uh, and grew to be you know one of my best friends. And so. Uh, it's tough to see him in this situation, uh, especially having knowing what he's getting ready to go through. But he'll be he'll be good. 
man, I just love that quote. <laughs> I love that. I love that he didn't like him. <laughs> he's like, it's exactly what we were talking about the other day, where he said we, uh, you know, that all opposing fans don't like, um, don't like JJ Bray when he comes in, and uh, it's just great. I love it. See, see how that comment is a a positive comment uh, that. There, it's okay to be a player that opposing teams and fan bases hate, um, but it's awesome to have on your team. Um, That's a deep inside joke cut you just did. Right Actually, I'll shed a little bit of light on it, I, just for the heck of it. I had made, uh, I had tweeted and made that comparison to Salah in a totally great thing, uh, or I was meaning in a good thing. And Saying Salah, that he's a player that all other fan bases and teams probably hate playing against. Yeah, 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 and uh, that obviously I like him on our team, and Salah uh, didn't like uh, didn't like that, and so <laughs> to we, say uh, the least. Yeah, we we had a we had a, a nice conversation about that, but I totally meant it in a in, in a good way, and we've talked about it, and we've sorted it out since and uh, uh, settled uh, our I, conversation, uh, settled the tweet. <laughs> Isaac has to do his laundry for a month. <laughs> um, but no, we. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a good thing, and I mean, you see it with with JJ, and the fact that Wes said. When we signed there, or they JJ resigned and West signed, yeah. he was like, I, I didn't like him. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> and, want uh, <laughs> and now he's, you know, one of his best friends and they have lockers um, beside each other. And, you know, they both have kids. And um, they're one of the, the guys we've talked about this split in the locker room of you have like the family guys that have kids, the older guys in their 30s, you know. Yeah. Uh, those guys, you have kind of like the in the tweeners. Of like the Harrison Barnes and who's newly married for the most part, Dwight Powell, like kind of mid twenties. No, no, no. He's still newly married, not for the most part. He is. <laughs> and then you have, <laughs> then you have like the kid. He's not like kind of married. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have, well, I mean, like kind of newly married, as far as okay, gotcha. it's like what a year, a year or two years or something. Um, and then you have like the kids with Dennis and Luca and Dorian and. JB and all those guys too, but anyway, Dorian's got kids though, or at least one kid. Yeah, 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 he does. Um, so anyway, yeah, it just uh, it sucks all the way around about the JJ thing. I was talking to somebody um, um, uh, that works for the Mavs tonight, and it, I, I literally led the question with, "I know this is an obvious question, but just how how was it when y'all got the JJ news?" And he said it was just absolutely gut wrenching. Just for him, him and everybody will tell you the same thing. It's him as a player. I mean, as a person first, and just how close he is, and how much of a presence he is, and how much everybody loves him. And then it's the player, and just the recovery from it, and just you know all that stuff. And everybody's being super positive about him coming back from it eventually. And that's the plan. Is the plan is for him to try and come back. He's going to try to make him come back. Uh, talked about that. I actually went on the Locked On NBA show, which they did get more. They did get more listens than us last week, so uh, I'm contributing to it this week, which is probably not a good way to try and beat them. But uh, that that the whole plan would be JJ to come back. Uh, he's you know what 34. He's gonna be 35. It'd be interesting to see. But we always talk about how it's hard for big guys to come back from injuries like this. So JJ being a smaller guy, it should help his chances, right? <laughs> should should help should his help his chances. But back, I was but, talking to somebody tonight, and they were like, you know, it's the um, 
he rely with his size. He relies so much on his little quickness and first step to get past people, yeah. and uh, that yeah, it'll be just interesting how he recovers from that. It's exactly what I said on Locked On NBA. Did you listen to it already? You probably did. I have not. No. Wow, what a supportive <laughs> co-host you are. <laughs> so uh, yeah, also Dennis Smith Jr. missed his third game in a row. Um, the report is that he hopes to practice and play on Wednesday for San Antonio. So we'll see what happens with that. It'd be interesting to see the rotation with Dennis coming back. Um, because of how well this lineup of of Luca and Wes and Harrison and um, DeAndre and Maxi has been, I uh, wonder if they'll go back to it or if they'll try and make a change with JJ out. We've speculated that the Dennis would be great off the bench running the second unit. So we'll see what happens with that. And then uh, Mavs' next game is. Oh, go ahead. Mention a comment about about Dennis. No, 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 I was just gonna say Rick. Rick said tomorrow or on Monday the the doors to the gym are locked. Oh yeah, and, uh, n- nobody is coming in, and uh, that it, it is an off day. Tuesday he hopes to have a good practice, so <clears throat> probably won't have an update on Dennis until uh, Tuesday. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's back tightness, and uh, see how that plays out if he'll be available for Wednesday. And yeah, like you said, I mean, it we were really close. If they beat the Warriors tonight, they would be five and one when Maxi Kleber's a starter. Uh, yeah, they almost were. They're shot away from it. Yeah, so now they're four and two and uh, going to the San Antonio game. Definitely, uh, the Mavs next game is Wednesday versus San Antonio. It's home, so the Mavs get a nice, you know, two day kind of quote unquote break. They will practice on Tuesday, like Isaac said, but then they'll play at home. So this is a nice little stretch, um, a lot nicer than the Pelican stretch. Did you see the Pelican stretch coming up? No, they play like all good teams except for their next sixteen games are all like relatively good teams except for the Bulls. The Bulls are the only, you know, bad team that they play, but they play all these teams in contention. Eastern Conference good teams, you know, Western Conference teams all in contention, and they have to travel between every single game. There is not one game in the next 16 stretch that they will not travel. Uh Dang. So going up to the trade deadline, that's definitely something that people are looking out for and uh, they have back-to-backs in there. They have home games, obviously. They have like I think three or four home games in that stretch which is not a lot, but they have to travel in between all of them. There's no two home games in a row, which is wild. So the Mavericks have one of those, which they should be able to take advantage of, hopefully against the Spurs. And, uh, yeah, all right, let's talk about this this game. This game was fun. It was enjoyable. Curry went off. It's always fun to watch Curry go off unless it's against your team. I understand that. But uh, just to see the stuff that he does, man. That that last shot against Dorian, <laughs> I don't know if you've watched it it's again. Stupid. If you watched it again, but he goes, he he sizes up Dorian Finney-Smith on the right wing, and he crosses over right to left. He goes back left to right very quickly, and then he, with his left hand, he goes left to left. So he goes forward and backward. It's almost like he's doing a dribbling drill: right, left, right, left, 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 and then he then he just pulls up straight from straight from his left hand straight up into a, into a pull up three. It's just wild. Like his ball handling is so good to be able to see that like a lot of guys would have to gather or they would try another crossover try right to left again and that would just throw off his rhythm but he's just i mean he's so good i uh i leaned over obviously i went to the game with my dad like i said i leaned over to my dad and i said uh after he hit a couple threes i said dang you might see a curry 50 ball tonight totally totally joking and uh well i mean halfway joking but and he ended up 48. Yeah, you're two points from joking. <laughs> and uh, he reminded me that at the end. He's like, oh, man, he, he uh, went off. And uh, something, if he does uh, make an appearance on the pod the next few days, something I've Wait, if Steph him. Curry does? Or? <laughs> oh, I, thought you, I thought you were breaking news. 
um, and to where I've kidding my dad's like, this is the greatest shooter of all time. And uh, yeah. he has refuted that. Um, like, Oh no, there's some other. And I'm like, no, no, no. Steph is the best shooter of all time. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, I'll see if I can get him going on that. But it, it, I mean, Steph was just unreal. I mean, you saw Rick, that was the first question Rick got tonight and he was just saw, like, yeah, <laughs> he was like, yeah, what do you like want me to say? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just praised him <clears throat> basically said he, this is stuff he's been doing ever since he got into the league. And when Steph's on it like that, it's just, I mean, it's hard to put anybody on. I mean, Wes guarded him at the beginning, but you've seen where Rick, and we'll talk about the end of the game, Rick went with Brunson over Wes at at the end of the fourth. Yeah, yeah, that was massive going, uh, not going to Wes. Um, but the game came down to a final play. It probably shouldn't have. Dirk even mentions that it shouldn't have, but it did come down to a final play. The Mavericks were down three. Um, Steph drives. He goes around Harrison Barnes and drives. Maxi gets another stop, another clutch stop. Uh, he got. He's now had two games in a row. One against Derrick Rose, where he stopped that pass to Towns, and then this one against uh, Steph Curry, where he just kind of altered it. He didn't. He didn't actually stop this one, I guess, but he he altered the floater enough to where Curry was uncomfortable, and he, uh, he missed the floater. Maxi gets the rebound. He outlets to Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes kind of sizes up. Of all people, to turn around, Harrison Barnes to turn around and to see this man standing in front of him, Kevin Durant, the guy that replaced him, literally the guy that ran him out of town from Golden State, for him to to turn around and see that guy with his crazy wingspan and length and to stand in front of him. And so Harrison Barnes tries to to size him up, and he takes a couple dribble moves, and he tries to, to make a move right, and the ball just goes straight out of bounds. He dives, misses it. And uh, and turns it over, and man, just what uh, the Mavericks had a chance, and the right you didn't see the broadcast, but right on the Mavs broadcast, right before they come out of that that timeout for when Steph was about to take that floater, they showed this montage of Kurt, of uh, Lucas clutch plays. Of course they do. They showed the Portland shot. They showed the shot against the Timberwolves the other night. Uh, they just do this, and then Luca doesn't even get the ball on the last possession. It just, it seems like it happens every time. Yeah. I mean, I hate, I hate it all the way around. It's, um, man, it's hard for me to be like upset with Harrison because one, I know Harrison is like beyond upset at himself for this play. And it's when, you know, when you get the ball off that rebound and you go down the court and, you know, he started to do a couple dribble moves and he turned around and then he, once he sized up, I thought for sure he was going to like, or at least he straightened up and faced the basket. I thought for sure he was just going to pick up the ball and then just wait for Luca. And it's when he like kind of did a few dribble moves and turned around and had that size up and then he went back into the dribble move. That's when you're like, oh no no no, oh no 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 no, please don't. And uh, and then he lost it and you know dove for it and I was like, oh man, um, which is heart wrenching. And I, I seen your tweet um, a little bit ago, and uh, when I post open my Twitter and I saw the uh, the first thing on there was uh, you'd posted a video of Luca going over there to him, and um, it looked like I mean I don't know what he said I don't know what he meant by or anything but it looked like Luca had walked over there and at least like patted him helped him up and you know something along the lines of like hey you're good like let's go like something along those lines I, I obviously have no clue. Yes, I posted this on Twitter and a lot of people responded saying what did he say what did he say. It doesn't matter the specifics of what he says. It's just it's basketball game talk. You know he's not going to say anything super 
you know, uh, out there, super, you know, even in English. He could have he, he responded like Kyrie Irving. Hey, and how, literally looked at him and threw his hands out and be like, what are you doing? Like, you know, like. Or like, like LeBron Kyrie. with J.R. Smith. Yes. Or with uh, Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan when he didn't put the ball up that one time. He could have responded like that. But the 19-year-old in the snap of fingers was the first one to him to help him up. And uh, The first one over to him, helps him up. And then when he was when Harrison Barnes was walking back, hands on his hips, upset about himself, Luca claps. And then let's hear from Luca after the game. So this is this is audio from Luca after the game. He, he mentions what he said to, to Harrison Barnes. He doesn't give specifics, obviously. But this is uh, Luca after the game. Well, I know what he's going through, you know, when the last possession – it was the ball, uh, like me, I missed some shots, so I just got to stick together. And then anything happened, we just stick together as a team. Yeah, so, and, and Luca knows what it's like to, to, you know, get to the end of games like this and to not hit the shot. He's done it before. You know, we don't talk about that as much, obviously. In this game, I think he was uh, 0 for 4 in the last five minutes. And so, uh, you know, there's times when he misses too. He's leading the league in clutch field goal percentage, and it's 57%. So he's going to miss half the time too. Uh, so he understands what it's like going through this, and he just wants them, the team to stick together. And uh, that was awesome. Like like you said, I thought that it was great that, you know, he was the one that walked over and, and picked him up first and was clapping and being like, that's okay. Because, I mean, he has every right to be upset that that ball didn't go to him, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's did it all year. And um, he – yeah, it's not like it's just but, reputation. He's literally done this. Yeah, and and, and, and Luca, uh, but he said, like he said tonight, he said tonight, uh, Tim McMahon asked him about taking these big shots and in these clutch moments, and he's like, you know, and tonight that just wasn't me. Like I just he missed those shots tonight, and he had that, um, he had that step back. I think it was on Draymond uh, there in the yes. fourth, and I mean, uh, I. It's crazy that we we all watch this and we just automatically expect it to go in. That this nineteen year old just have, has won us over like that. Um, he had a play earlier in the game, and we're, I think Carla even mentioned in his post game press conference where he did a step back on Clay and he should have shot it. Like he should have just went yes. through with the shot, and then he like pump faked and kind of drove in and. And uh, so, yeah, Rick talked about how like, he just needs to follow through with that shot. Just go go through with it. And uh, he's still, I mean, this was a huge stage. I, I couldn't help to be thinking, we built this game up a lot saying, man, if Luka comes in here, they beat the Warriors yeah. without, <clears throat> without Dennis and without in the first game without J.J. Um, Warriors are fully healthy for the most part. And if he has this monster game, that will really help the All-Star stuff. And even at towards the end there, he got uh, Steph got switched off on him, and it was the fourth quarter. Steph switched on. I'm like, Luca lives for these moments. Like he he is he is about these. Even though he gives the right answers, and he said it in his uh, in the audio and stuff afterwards of, hey, uh, no, it's just you know going against these top defenders in the league. He's like, no, <laughs> yeah, I just... shout out to Bryce for asking that question. You know, when you're going against top defenders, he's like he's like Drew Holiday. What did he? Who is the other guy that he named? I think Paul George. I think yeah. Uh, which I guess are both good guys, but yeah, he's, you know, do you think about this? Do you, you want to to step up more? I wish Luca would have been like, no, I I don't. I I want when I see bad defenders, I want to score. <laughs> I wish a player would do that, but he was like, no, no, I I play my you know against everybody the same, whatever. I will say this: <clears throat> there were some people tonight that was saying, man, this was uh, an awesome Mavericks game. It was super super fun, but Rick Carlisle was very quick to shoot that down. Uh, 
in the post-game press conference that he did not think that they played very well, that the Mavericks, uh, he thought they did not play very well as a team uh, tonight. And, uh, yeah, he was very specifically asked that, hey, I think it was by Saad uh, from the morning new- no, oh, athletic, athletic, yep. athletic. Um, that <laughs> um, side asked him about, hey, basically a moral victory type of thing. Even though he lost, you think? And he's like, no, I don't, I don't think we played that uh, that good of a game. So uh, I know there's some people saying right now, like, hey, I think this is a yeah, a great game by the man. Yeah, there's not many statistical things that you can point out and say they played a bad game. They shot 41 percent from the field. 42% from three is good. Uh, 75% from the line. They're just under 76%. They missed seven free throws. You know, those come down, obviously, and you want to hit all your free throws. But realistically, that's, that's a good percentage. Um, out- they gave re- up like 16 offensive boards. I mean, that's a but lot. But they got 18 themselves. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And uh, 21 assists, which is, uh, I guess, a little low, but not for this team. 12 turnovers, which is low for this team. <laughs> would be average for last year's team, but, but it's low for this team. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I think it's four under their average. So, hey, guys, Harrison Barnes went six for six from the free throw line. Just letting you all know. Shout out to him. Zero assists. Uh, also, all right, when we, when we come back, I'll tell you why I'm not upset at, at Harrison Barnes and why I don't think that it was his fault after watching the film again. All right, Isaac. So I went back as I was waiting for you and your dad to get done at Walmart. Um. I watched this play over and over and over again. And I saw something probably the sixth time I, <laughs> I went back and watched mm. it. So the whole thing is Harrison Barnes, you know, between the legs, between the legs. He crosses left to right. And when he crosses left to right, Kevin Durant sticks out his arm. And Kevin Durant taps Harrison Barnes' left arm the ball, where the ball was going. And he taps Harrison Barnes' left arm. And it might have even been a little harder than a tap. And that's when Harrison Barnes lost the ball because his arm couldn't reach up to grab the ball where when it came back. And it's such it's so quick that you wouldn't even notice it in real time. But when you slow it down, you notice that Kevin Durant hits the arm and Harrison Barnes can't move his arm up high enough to get the ball. And it's it's very slight, but it's just enough that he can't get to where the ball is, and that's when the ball goes out of bounds. Hmm. See, I haven't I haven't seen the play up close yet. It was not like enough for it's not enough contact in my opinion to be a foul, but he did he did contact him. You can tell that he did hit him. He did impact it enough. Yes, I think so. I think that's I mean I, I still I still have to say, like as much as I love Harrison, I, I still have to say the play was was his fault. He should have just held up for it and yeah, I, there was enough time to, for them to hold up for it and I mean, we wanna say just give it to Luca, but at least hold up for it and like run a play or something that wasn't uh, rushed. Yeah, I don't have much hope that that play would succeed afterwards. I'm just saying that what I saw, that turnover, I don't think the turnover part was his fault. Yeah. As, as much as we're saying that it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, also, Dirk had some comments about Harrison Barnes' last turnover. Thought they were very interesting. So, let's hear from Dirk uh, on that play. I mean, this, we're down three. He's trying to make a, a play off the dribble. I mean, that's that's not easy. You know, there was no screen, one-on-one situation. That's just, just a tough play. Uh, it really shouldn't have come down to that. We're up a couple points. We had some turnovers. So, uh, you know, gave up that three. Um, so that's a tough, uh, tough situation. And uh, he tried to make a right play for us, and uh, just happened to turn it over. But uh, that's not that's, that's not the reason why we lost. So. 
I like that he said it shouldn't have come down to that. You know, there's a lot of things before. There's a lot of things that we'll mention in a minute about how it came down to that final play. But also just the idea of going one-on-one against an NBA player. How often does a player just straight up try and you know take somebody off the dribble one-on-one without a screen anymore? <laughs> you know, it happens very often. It happens very seldom unless you know you're switched onto a guy. Like you know, we see that in the finals all the time. Like it seems like every single play somebody gets switched. It's Kevin Love on Steph, or it's you know uh, yeah. Clint Capella on somebody. You know, it's like that for the past eighteen finals. Right, but. I mean, James Harden, this is what he does all the time. Um, but there's only one James Harden. You know, like there's uh, there's not very many people, even like a Steph Curry, a, a Kevin Durant. I mean, you're talking like top five to ten players in the league that honestly feel like no matter the opponent in front of them, they can go ISO it out and go get a bu- bucket. Definitely, definitely. Um, but the, the <laughs> Dirk's voice and his cadence kind of after he said – after. You know, being asked about this, it's like, yeah, you know, it's it's tough, shot. you know, tough shot. It was kind of like, kind of like gritting his teeth, like he shouldn't have tried that. <laughs> you yeah. know, like almost didn't want to say it, but so like, man, he took a tough shot. That was a tough situation. I, I want to add something about Dirk. It's not about the Harrison thing, but you know, watching on TV, if you don't, you don't get to see. You know, obviously, when a timeout happens, you see an ad and or you know commercials and like all that stuff. Yeah. And um, my dad and I was uh, tonight. I was trying. I was explaining to my dad like, "Hey, with Dirk not starting now, there's so much stuff that he has to do before the game and this routine for him to be ready and all this stuff." <coughs> and it's crazy during timeouts. It just, it's the small stuff that you just look at and it's like, man, dang, like. Look at everything he still goes through. During timeouts, he's not even in the huddle. A lot of times he's out on the court, like in the paint, like on the court with an assistant uh, or with an intern or something doing some type of stretches. Um, I mean, one time he was running sprints back and forth. During the timeout, he has no clue what's going on in the huddle. Running sprints Uh, from where? Like... A suicide? From like, like running sprints from like the um, the the huddle straight over to like the front row, like across the court, and then back, and then running back to the front row. Literal sprints, like full out Literal, sprints. Literally all out sprints during a huddle, and <laughs> during a timeout, and then another time he's like standing on one foot, like rotating, doing these hip rotation things with off on one leg, and like these are strate- they're obviously strategic things that they are doing during timeouts when he's not in the game. Like, I, I'm not I, – I should preface that. He's not checked into the game. Like, he's on the bench. But these are things he's doing to try to stay ready and stretched out uh, during uh, during the game so that he can actually, um, you know, play whenever he gets in there. And it's just, it, it's just another small testament of, like, everything he goes through to play. That's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Dirk is a legend, and uh, man. Oh, he is, yes. Mavs fans don't deserve him. Nobody does. No NBA fans deserve him. I want to give a shout out. Are we talking? Are we going much more on this? Uh, not the Harrison Martin turnover, but the thing The thing before, um, a couple things before that happened that kind of brought the game down to that point. The Dwight Powell three? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I wanted to add that in. I didn't know if. Uh, you it's know. not like Dwight Powell takes five threes a game, man. But yeah, from my, he should angle, not take any from my angle, it didn't hit anything. Did it hit anything? No, no, it did not. Okay, okay. No, from my angle either on the broadcast. <laughs> and it didn't hit the net either, guys. No, not the if net. You didn't, if you didn't get to watch the game, it wasn't a. Uh, it didn't hit a player. It didn't, it didn't even hit a fan. It didn't really even hit the floor. It just stopped and just floated. <laughs> oh, man. 
It just floated out. So it, it his shot went from left wing to the to the right corner, and it just floated, and it just went down the tunnel out the AAC, down um, victory, victory, down victory, all the way up thirty five, and all the way to Oklahoma and it's into still, the Trinity River, and it's just we never saw it. Still again. going now, I guess. Um, the Draymond Green jump ball. Did you think there was a jump ball? Because that happened at twenty seven yes. seconds. Uh, I, I thought I it was think- a jump ball. That was the quickest timeout. I'm like, how in the world is that timeout? That's a jump ball. Uh, but I will say, I did not think his foul on Harrison Barnes was a flagrant. Yeah, I thought that was a little weird too. They even showed it again on the broadcast and fall. I was like, ah. <laughs> you're you're not a fan of Draymond while I still am a fan. I'm not a fan of, of the commitment you would have to make to Draymond if you're going to make a move for him. Correct. Do you know who the highest plus minus was for the Golden State Warriors tonight? Well, it wasn't Jarebko. I'm going to tell you that. It was Draymond at plus fourteen. <laughs> just letting you know. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> no, I just I, obviously I like Draymond stuff, but um, his I like Draymond are. too. I just don't love Draymond. I don't think that he's like, you know. A- I mean, I, I'm not saying I would max him out. I, he still has to be like a piece. He can't be a, um, yeah. But anyway, also the Mavericks got two second chance opportunities. Uh, one on the flagrant, they got the ball back after the after Harris Martin hits three. Uh, shots. They also, with a minute twenty seconds left, they got an offensive rebound from DeAndre, and that's when the Lucas uh, missed his first step back three with a minute left. Uh, so just missed opportunities at the end. The jump ball was weird. Uh, like Dirk said, the Steph Curry three on Dorian Finney Smith. Which what are you going to do about that? That's kind of like, what do you even, <laughs> what do you even do? Yeah. There's also a shot you mentioned this earlier with uh, when Luca kind of he shook. Clay Thompson and he should have took the step back three there, but he hesitated. He decided to drive instead. He took the floater. Didn't there wasn't a, a foul called, uh, and then DeAndre missed the putback. That was another missed opportunity. But on the way back, Luca's complaining to the ref, so Luca doesn't get back, and Clay Thompson gets a pretty easy layup in transition. Hmm. Uh, that's an, that's another opportunity I think that they kind of wasted. Dallas took a timeout right after that, and you know Carlisle's <laughs> speaking speaking of uh, <laughs> complaining to the ref. <clears throat> that Carlisle technical, yeah, that happened, yeah, talking about that. I guess during a commercial or something. Yeah, we didn't see I it seri- very much. I seriously haven't seen Rick Carlisle that mad in a very long time. I mean, he went after that ref to a point to where Kevin Durant was on the other free throw line, literally standing there with his arms out, like, "Are y'all not going to tee him up?" Like Durant didn't even go to his huddle. He was watching the the entertainment that was going on with Carlisle. Carlisle literally was going after the ref. DeAndre was forcibly, like forcibly pushing Carlisle back, saying and like with his both of his arms, Carlisle's trying to like do swim moves on him like he's JJ Watt to try to get around him. And I'm like, Did he oh did he break gosh. something? <laughs> no. Oh, that's, sorry, and, uh, that's just what JJ Watt would do. Okay. The crazy Continue. thing is he didn't he didn't get teed up at that point. And that's what Durant was on on the court saying, like, yeah. pointing like, what how is he not getting teed <laughs> up? Like this is insane. And then he came back to the sidelines, what and didn't like kept on going, and then you know, he got teed up then. But I, whew, man, that's the most I've seen him uh, that mad in a while. <clears throat> um I have two two shout outs as far as Mavs. Do it. Devin Harris and Jalen Brunson. Oh, how do we not talk about Devin Harris yet? Devin Harris's fourth quarter, man. That was... He has these flashes of old Devin Harris, and I love it. I am... 
I'm 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 pretty boring to go to. I, I talk I talk during the game sometimes, but I'm pretty boring as far as like cheering wise at a game. I just really like to if I'm gonna go to a game as a fan. Yes, I like to just really soak it in, and I really look at different sets being ran. I I'm just at, like I'm like that way with concerts too. It's weird. I like to okay, just like weird. watch and, and like and observe and. So like I so I just kind of chill. It, it takes something special for me to like stand up or like yeah. cheer or something like that. I'm just like observing everything. And but when Devin had his little sequence there, I mean I was like standing. I'm like let's go. Like I was so <laughs> excited for him. He hollered and like it was just huge plays by him and moments by him. And but Jalen Brunson, I mean 29 minutes tonight. Carlisle went with him over Wes. I uh, went with Dorian over Maxi. You know for those late. Um, possessions late part of the fourth there and i mean i thought um i thought brunson played a heck of a game um yeah. you know he he was an even um plus minus at <coughs> steph curry several times too he did man like and i was i was blown away by that hit some big time threes he was two for three from three tonight and uh but yeah i mean he had 12 points off the bench and for people that i mean include myself it, it, he's not going to be the natural replacement for jj like immediately this yeah. was something that was going to be uh, supposed to be a long-term thing and now it gets accelerated <laughs> and uh but man it gave a lot of people encouragement tonight saying because he got that role in that second unit that jj would play and and i thought he played really well and obviously carl i thought he played well too because um we know how much Rick Carlisle loves Wes Matthews, and for him to leave Wes on the bench against the Warriors, who he could have been chasing around Steph and some of these guys, yeah. he left Brunson in there to guard Steph Curry. And uh, however you feel like that's a great decision or not, yeah. <laughs> it shows a lot of confidence in Jalen Brunson and Rick Carlisle in Jalen Brunson. Yeah, Steph's thirty, Steph's forty-eight points maybe would say otherwise. But <laughs> they obviously didn't come against Jalen Brunson fully, but. But yeah, good on him. Uh, another Maxi Cleveland start, like you mentioned, eight boards for him. Uh, another block and a steal, which were which were big too. Um, good stuff for him. He was a minus thirteen for the game. Luca was a minus fourteen. So sometimes the plus minus doesn't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> the whole the yeah. whole story. All right, guys, there you go. That's a ton. That's a that's a packed podcast. I hope you enjoyed this on a Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, and reminder. Put your iTunes five-star review questions for the mailbag on Friday. We will get to all those. We're excited to hear from you. And, guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.